0: yo 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 what's up can you hear me fine
1: yeah i can hear you can you hear me
0: yes 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 dude how have you been man
1: i've been all right dude uh ending the semester was definitely a struggle but i'm uh i'm glad to have gotten it behind me and i'm definitely like i feel accomplished yeah how about hey,
0: you Yeah, that's good that's good how was like struggles like how was like a struggle was it was just like exams and everything
1: yeah i mean this semester kind of snowballed um in terms of how hard the work got, just because mm-hmm. I was taking kind of a, a high course load and the classes were kind of hard, I was taking a foreign language class, which yeah. my brain doesn't really compute with.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, um, damn.
1: Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was kind of a struggle. Um, yeah.
0: No, I feel you, dude. Because whenever I end up taking those classes, that are not for me. Because foreign languages are also oh, not for me. English isn't another one. I just heavily struggled to get through those classes. But damn, yeah. good shit getting through it, though.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: But yeah, I mean, for me, end of the semester was pretty decent. I was, like, kind of stressed for my exam, but the exam ended up going, uh, going pretty fine. And then basically all my, like, senior friends who were graduating, we just did, like, a bunch of things together. Like, we went to the ARB, kind of just hiked mm-hmm. around for a bit, hanged out, which was, like, a lot of fun. And I just got back home, like, a day or two ago. But, dude, it's kind of hype, man, because as soon as I got home, clean my room immediately when I got here. And mm. on top of that, I'm, like, starting to, like, cook for myself, like, properly and, like, take mm. care of, like, my health in that regard, which is, like, pretty hype for me.
1: Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, it's so I've been, it's like, always been, sewer pumped. Yeah, that sounds great. It's always a trip to, you know, go back to your hometown, but, like, being more mature, you know, you yeah. just get a whole different perspective on everything.
0: Yeah, especially because, like, it was kind of weird because like of course like I stayed at my hometown for quite a while because of COVID but yeah. then I went back for the last like one or two months and I just feel like uh like my priorities and things I've been like wanting to do have like changed so much if that makes sense
1: yeah yeah I think change can happen a lot quicker than we might expect because I mean even I was just in Ann Arbor for like the last three months I I got mm-hmm. there in January and mm-hmm. I, I feel like a totally different person yeah. like, now versus then.
0: Yeah. How crazy is it that like change can happen just like in like an instant, like, you know, like, I don't know how you feel about this, but for me, I feel like change always happens. Um, it's like that one moment, you know, kind of like a moment of almost like enlightenment. That I, I get this newfound like knowledge or whatever, right? Of damn, I should be trying to do this or I value something now completely different. And it almost completely changes what I start doing my like, on my day to day and stuff like that rather than it being like more of a linear change if that makes sense
1: yeah i think i think i've definitely experienced change both ways because like there there have definitely been moments when i just am like struck with some divine thought you know out of nowhere and it's like oh shit i have to write this down i have to like remember this or else i'm Mm. gonna like go back to being like crappy tomorrow so yeah, I, I definitely get that. That that's why journaling has been really big for me because these realizations you have in a week if you just collect them all and look back at them, I think there's a lot you can learn from it.
0: How long have you been keeping up the journaling so far?
1: I started seriously journaling uh in October of mm-hmm. so it's been like like half a year, I guess. Oh and shit,
0: dude. That's that's impressive, dude. Being that, yeah. that that consistent.
1: Yeah, I mean, it there have definitely been uh it's hard for me to remember quite how consistent i've been at the beginning i went like the first three months every day without fail but Mm -hmm. i think since then i've gone like sometimes i'll go four or five days but i I think i journal at least once a week which seems to be like a a good um a good like baseline
0: you actually like find it uh pretty valuable because i know like um because of course like you always hear with journaling like oh shit like it's super helpful and you should be doing almost every single day, kind of like meditation almost. Mm-hmm. And so, do you actually feel like it's been worthwhile for you? And if so, like how so?
1: Yeah, I think it's been really interesting because when I first tried journaling, like I, I've tried journaling a lot of times, but this is the first time it stuck for me. I mm-hmm. always thought of it as being something that I would produce and that I had to perfect or get to some standard. But um, this time when I started journaling, like, I, I don't even go back and, and read it. Like, once I turn a page, I'm done with it. Unless I feel like there's something that I need to work through more. Like, I, my writing process is getting a pen that I really like to, to write with. And mm-hmm. I have a large, like, like artist drawing pad. Because yeah. it helps me to have, like, a big piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And I literally just stream of consciousness. If there's a thought that's, like, repeating in my head i'll just Mm -hmm. really just write that sentence until the thought stops repeating and for whatever reason that like actually helps at least for me to like get um get like repeating thoughts out of my head or stuff that i'm ruminating on that's the biggest thing
0: that's actually like really interesting because like i remember in like in middle school for my english Mm -hmm. class we had to do like daily journaling or whatever and the basically what the teacher said is during these like five or 10 minutes of these journaling during class, you cannot stop writing. So no matter like what, Um, even if you have the same thought, you just have to write like junk down and you just have to keep writing over and over and over again. Right. I actually found that kind of interesting. Yeah, Yeah. I actually found it really interesting that you actually like naturally kind of went to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think there's definitely something to be said for it.
0: But like, one thing I do want to ask you, which I'm kind of curious about, is like, why do you think it like journaling kind of stuck for you now? Because obviously you probably tried this multiple times before. Is it like something something that was like different about this time? Or do you like what's your kind of theory about like why you why journaling stuck today or during this time?
1: Yeah, that's actually a really good point. The the reason it stuck for me this time is I think I felt a lot more not desperate, but it felt oh, like a lot more important and I also didn't have anything to fall back on anymore when I was in high school I mm-hmm. I dated this girl for like almost four years and mm-hmm. whenever like I tried to journal to like better myself like it, it was always just easier to like like complain to my girlfriend about it if that mm-hmm. makes sense like and and that's just like a less healthy way to deal with it because then you're not dealing it with your, with yourself you're just like um it, it just comes out as complaining I think so mm-hmm. once once uh she broke up with me right like around Mm -hmm. uh yeah like like i guess seven months ago like like right before i started journaling that Mm -hmm. forced me to be alone with myself so
0: Mm -hmm.
1: once i was forced to be alone with myself that gave me like no more excuses and there was literally no one else for me to talk to because you know we're all doing school and i was taking school remotely Mm -hmm. um like in the fall semester or, mm-hmm. I guess, at the end, end of the winter semester. So, yeah, I, I think that's what it was. Just a, a big life change, putting me in a different situation.
0: Damn. Yeah. It must have been, like, really, really hard for you to, like, uh, like kind of transition out of, like, losing someone for, like, such a long period of time. Yeah. And kind of having to, like, sit with yourself, right? Like, how has that, like, how has that kind of change been for you overall?
1: Yeah, well, that was, like, one of the main themes that I would write about, like, trying to... Enjoy my own company, mm-hmm. like like I used to when I was a kid, like like finding things to entertain myself instead of you know needing to be with a, another person. I How's it going for
0: you so far? I'm kind of curious.
1: Yeah, it's it's a lot better. Like it's it's really like anything else. I think it's a skill that you work on, and mm-hmm. I've I've gone through a lot of personal development, especially this semester because I was living alone in an, in in an apartment mm-hmm. like uh, in Ann Arbor. And that just gives a person so much alone time. Either you go crazy or you start to do something.
0: You yeah. <laughs> that's actually sick, man. I, I'm actually really glad that you're actually enjoying your own company because yeah. I feel like for a lot of people, that's that's like really, really difficult. Especially with yeah. like social media and basically like all these distractions, it's so easy just to try to you know distract yourself from your own thoughts yeah. and your own like self. If that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, and even where I'm at now, like, I don't think that enjoying your own company is a goal you can achieve. I think it's just something to strive for that is like now a goal of mine. And like, like, uh, like I, I don't expect to, you know, just have it easily now. It's just something to strive for. I think it's like a value.
0: Really? Like, so, so you think it's like something to strive for as like kind of like an end goal?
1: Yeah. I think it's just something you can never really achieve. It's just, i think something that you have to value for yourself to i mean at least for me i have to always remind myself to be working towards that and then like the the byproduct of that is actually achieving it day to day but i don't think it's like something that you can say okay i've achieved it now and i don't really need to work to sustain it if that makes sense
0: i'm like a little bit confused <laughs> could you actually like I, uh, like yeah. so, explain it a bit more i'm like really really curious
1: yeah the way i'm thinking about it is like imagine you have like a ping pong ball and you hold it in the air above Mm -hmm. your head and you blow up on it. Right. You have to put Mm -hmm. in the effort to keep the ping pong ball in the air. And if you keep on, you know, giving it a breath every second and blowing constantly, you can probably keep it up in the air. But if you spend like a few seconds without blowing, it's going to fall back down. And then you're going to have to put in a lot more effort to pick the ping pong ball up again and get it back in the air. Like, it, I think it's something that you have to give a, a constant effort towards to, uh, okay. I guess, continue with your personal development.
0: That's a really good, like, analogy. Okay, I actually have, like, a question on that. If the uh, ping pong ball, like, fell, yeah. right, do you think you'd be okay with that? Like, like, would you be okay with yourself? Would you be okay with who you are at that moment? If that kind of makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think in that moment, it's, you know, really important to be forgiving and to just take it as a learning opportunity because there have definitely been times when I dropped the ping pong ball and I'm like oh wow mm-hmm. I'm an idiot why did I drop the ping pong ball but you know once that happens enough times you realize oh you know this you know self pity isn't actually helping me pick the ping pong ball back up it's just uh like procrastinating and
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, yeah yeah
0: that's actually really, really interesting. I actually would have never thought of like analogy that way to explain that.
1: Mm, yeah, some of these uh, books that uh, I'm going through are pretty good with analogies, so I've I've picked some of that. <laughs> some hey, of that up, I guess. Sick, that's sick.
0: Yeah, it's like for me, like I have a little bit of like a like a different viewpoint mm-hmm. because for me, um, the way I kind of look at um, you know being okay with yourself, spending time with yourself is. To me, it's it's kind of like a perspective. Mm. that kind of makes sense? Yeah. And so, like, the way I always look at things, this is something which I've kind of, like, always, like, told myself, uh, even even since I was a kid, is basically, no matter what happens, I'm, like, always going to be okay, right? Mm. And even during the time when I'm able to, you know, strive towards something and keep the ping pong pong, uh, ball up, Mm. and the times when, let's say, the ping pong ball just, like, falls over and just goes on the floor, that type of like feeling of i'm always going to be okay like like resonates that kind of makes sense and yeah i feel like it makes me like be okay with like who i am like at the moment or with the type of person like i am you know if it's either me like you know beating myself up or if it's me trying to like you know really like really contend with my self-improvement goals or what i'm trying to do what do you think about that yeah what are your thoughts on that
1: yeah i i think Framing it as a perspective is like a good way to think about it because like if you make it your goal to always be improving instead of making it your goal to be the perfect human, then there's no reason to be upset about dropping the ball because mm-hmm. you can just reframe it as you know a failure is an opportunity to learn and this is evidence that there's still areas for me to work on and then you target that and you've continued on your goal of self-improvement
0: so would you say like when you drop the ball and you're kind of like beating yourself up would you Mm -hmm. say that you're kind of living like you're like putting yourself at the expectation of like a perfect person
1: Mm -hmm. yeah that's a good question because i mm,
0: just take a moment to think about it if you need yeah i'm really really curious
1: i think dropping the ball for me Mm -hmm. is just me um like falling back into bad habits that don't actually align with my values. Mm-hmm. And a part of that can be perfectionism, which is like an enemy to productivity for me, because the more I try to be or the more I try to perfect something I'm working on, the less I actually get done because I'm too much in my head about doing it. So I, I think that's just a part, uh I guess a, a reason that I might falter.
0: Mm. That, makes yeah. that makes sense. That makes sense. Why do you think like it's like a natural like tendency for people just to like beat each other like uh you know, like beat ourselves up over falling back into bad habits or like making mistakes? If that makes sense.
1: The Buddhists say that suffering is natural and a part of life. And mm-hmm. the question or the problem we're confronted with is what are we going to do with that suffering? So problems happen and you beat yourself up or you know get beaten up or beat someone else up about stuff happening um you you start to have a better sense of control of your life once you realize that every bad event is something that you can take responsibility for and like it, it's up to you like how you're gonna work with it that's true that's
0: true it's true i feel like i would agree with that like statement like a good amount but like mm-hmm. for me the big question is still like even, even like knowing that statement, knowing this knowledge, like when we end up making mistakes, I feel that like everyone is like very, very like hard. Like we're very hard on ourselves. So an example, mm. like which I can bring is that let's say that like you dropped the ball, you dropped the ping pong ball, right? Mm. The first reaction, like for me, if I'm going to drop the ping pong ball. I was like, bro, what the fuck? Why are you dropping the ping pong ball? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Keep on going, dude. Like you, you were doing so good, but you like failed. Yeah. Yeah. But yet, let's say like my little sister, right? drop the ping pong ball, Mm. let's say like she was trying to work out for like a week and she was consistent for a week and then she just stopped after a week. Mm. I feel like I'd be very, very like lenient on her and I'd be like very like forgiving. Like I wouldn't like put it on her. That makes sense. Be like, bro, like, why didn't you do this? I'd be like, Hey, it's okay. Just try again. Right. And I really wonder like, why is it that like, we are always so difficult on ourselves and like, bro, like what the fuck? But then for other people that we care about when they drop the ping pong ball, we're just like, Hey, it's okay
1: right yeah yeah i i think that's maybe just human nature we have more compassion for other people than we have for ourselves and the way we can get around that is only by practicing compassion for ourselves over time i i think just that's that's our natural state because uh it's it's hard to like i guess logically reason with yourself when you represent both sides because mm-hmm. You know, you can make excuses for why you didn't do something, but it's hard to, you know, I guess, really figure out why something happened if it's if you're just talking to yourself about it. If that makes sense, it, it's that's just fair, that's like fair. it's. I guess it's just more like uh, fluid, or mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. I I think I think that's definitely a thing um, to be harder on yourself.
0: So and, I have like I. I... An interesting theory, I mean, I'm sure like, all this is just a random sources gathered, but kind of really interested to hear your thoughts on this, which is mm-hmm. when, let's say, like, you look at yourself, you look at other people, I feel like it's very easy to see the strengths or, like, their, like, their value, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And their, like, weaknesses and their, like, problems are, like, not very, like, apparent. Like, mm-hmm. usually when I look at other people, I don't really think about, like, yo, what is this person like shit at? I usually think about, hey, what is this person good at or why do i like this person right unless i'm talking like a fucking asshole right Fuck yeah. but <laughs> but like for me um when i look at myself so much more apparent what my negative traits are and mm. it's much harder let's say for me to mm. personally see what i'm good at or what i'm strong at and yeah. so i feel yeah. like in a way it's like you know when you end up like beating yourself up it's like you almost feel like it's warranted because You see all the negative sides of yourself without seeing the positives. But when you look Mm -hmm. at other people, you only see the positives without seeing, really seeing their negatives. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I've totally, I've totally experienced that. And I think the only explanation is we know too much about ourselves. (laughs) We're the only people who know our whole story. And I, I think there's something about the human brain that wants to drive in really hard lessons from embarrassing or painful experiences um Mm -hmm. and i think that tendency just makes us uh like inflate or put too much attention on the negatives when i think like you said everybody else who is looking at us is mostly focusing on the positives Mm -hmm. yeah I, i i think yeah i think that's probably just yeah i think it's a tendency of of the brain for whatever reason
0: yeah, because, like, there's, like, that study, um, which I remember I read, like, a very long time ago, which is was basically just saying that, like, people um, internalize, like, negative experiences way more than positive like, the effects of it. Mm. Like, for yeah, example, actually, like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like, if you go to, like, I don't know, like, a restaurant, and... For 10 times out of 10 times, you remember it's like a great experience. Food was great. But then one time you get like food poisoning. I feel like you'd be much more wary to go to that restaurant, even though like 90% of the time you had a good experience.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's stuff like that, where it becomes very apparent that we are just apes in a in a society. <laughs> you know? Our, That's our, true. Our ape brain doesn't want us to get food poisoning, but now it's like making us anxious and whatever making us unhappy Mm -hmm. but yeah
0: man how crazy is how how much society has like changed and obviously for us we're just living in this with the internet age and everything like that but man if you really like consider it even like like 50 60 years ago dude like Mm -hmm. it was a Mm -hmm. different world yeah
1: It, it just feels unreal i feel like we got very lucky to be in a time when technology is cool but we haven't totally fucked up the earth yet you that's know. true, that's true. <laughs> and now it's our job to make sure it doesn't happen.
0: Yeah. I have no idea how like the world will even be in like like a hundred years from now, right? If yeah. you think about how far technology has come in just the last like 10 or 20 years, it's like insane.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I feel like people are too smart for their own good. sure
0: dude. Yeah, people like Elon Musk just running like five different fucking companies, dude. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, damn. Dude, on the topic of fucking Elon Musk, dude another fucking billionaire like bill gates dude you hear you have a divorce <laughs> yep
1: <laughs> yeah
0: dude how crazy is that
1: yeah it, it's pretty bizarre that Air. i mean I, I guess it just is like proof that in some ways billionaires are just like us they have like family problems and whatever i mean it's probably very different but in some ways it's yeah. the same
0: yeah, yeah, yeah especially they're, they're, when like crazy especially when you look at like bill gates and like uh, melinda gates like from the outside perspective it almost seemed like you know the perfect couple because they donated so much to charity they were like very like together when working on projects and to see them just kind of you know divorce out of nowhere was yeah yeah just a shocker
1: yeah i heard they're still going to uh, keep their business relationship though like they're gonna keep working at the foundation together which oh really it's probably gonna be interesting yeah
0: dude it, i kind of reminds me of you dude, when i was talking to my dad i told my dad about this right the yeah. first thing he told me was like yo they're doing this for tax reasons and i'm like bro <laughs> i feel like it'll be really interesting to see kind of the entire place there's a bunch of memes you know of like tinder gates coming through dude <laughs> yeah hit up melinda gates with that hey dm on I see you recently got a 1.8 billion in stocks and got divorced. (laughs) When numbers, uh, numbers are available. (laughs) Oh, but dude, did you get a you? You got a chance to read um, Man's Search for Meaning," right?
1: Yeah, man, and I got a lot out of it. It was a really good recommendation.
0: Oh shit, dude, that's high. What were some of the key like things that like uh, stood out for you? I think
1: after hearing his story, you know, first of all, it's like mentally hardening to realize that humans can go through an experience like that and come out the other side still Mm -hmm. holding on to their values and still you know having Mm -hmm. like a reason to to keep working but really what like drove it deeper for me was at the end when he explains his whole you know set of principles behind his Mm logotherapy, where he says you know whatever problems you have now instead of Imagine yourself where you are. Uh, Imagine that you're 86 years old on your deathbed, thinking about the problems that you're faced with now, or, you know, the, Mm -hmm. the set of choices you have now. Like he says, put yourself in your deathbed and look at it from that perspective. What would you have wished younger you would have done? And then he says, now live your life as if you're living for the second time. And... I don't know what it is about that that's so powerful to me, but I feel like that's like a way to cut through the BS of like day-to-day, like, uh, like dopamine seeking activities mm-hmm. or like chasing girls or whatever. And like driving way deeper into like the long-term values of, you know, the the kind of stuff a person would want to get out of life.
0: I mean, if you were like 86 right now, exactly as a cult, you were like looking back what were some of the, what were some of the things that you like, Wish you did, all right? If you were 86, you know, on your deathbed.
1: I think, you know, they say youth is wasted on the young. I wish I just, much more than I did, just stopped talking myself out of doing stuff because when you're young, you have so many opportunities. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we naturally talk ourselves out of a lot of it just because we're too scared to embarrass ourselves or, you know, look foolish Mm -hmm. or, or whatever. But in the long run looking back when you're 86, you realize that, you know, just, just do stuff. I think that, yeah, that, yeah, I try not to, I, I try to keep myself from, you know, thinking about regretting things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, that, that's also a, a thing for me.
0: But on on that topic, what are some things in your mind that you, you really want to like try that makes sense
1: um i think like fitness is a big thing like Mm -hmm. not getting bored with running and working out and you know taking care of my body because Mm -hmm. yeah i I just feel like that's something you can very easily talk yourself out of because most days or maybe not most but a lot of days it just sucks (laughs) but you know in the long run you get a lot more out of it
0: yeah dude i i feel you on that, man I sort of got my uh, my college goals. have just been uh, to work out, and I have consistently failed at it.
1: <laughs> well, I just signed up for a rec sport league. They, they're they doing, like, tennis doubles. If you uh, wanted to sign up for something like that, it could be fun.
0: Oh, shit. I actually feel like sports is a really good way to stay athletic. I feel like um, yeah. if I want to do a sport, I'd probably would be, like, soccer.
1: Oh, soccer, that's a good one.
0: Yeah, because I always just enjoy, you know, just kicking a ball around it was pretty fun yeah
1: what about you what What do you think you would tell yourself or what kind of values are important
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess for me the big one is not to feel too pressured
1: mm-hmm.
0: because I feel like the biggest thing for me anyways and the way I kind of do things is that I feel like I put a lot of pressure on myself to you know needing, needing to get somewhere right yeah and in the end of the day like obviously like when you're young, you just have so much time. Right. And that's like going to be the big thing is to get to where you need to go is going to just take time, but it's like very hard to kind of accept that. Yeah. As it is now. Cause you know, obviously like I just want things now, right. I want the success now. I want all the big things which I'm working on just to succeed, like all this bunch of stuff. But the big thing is just being patient and, you know, being just like kind of more carefree on that aspect.
1: Yeah. And I think in addition to that, in in addition to having a good sense of patience, I've really had to learn to enjoy the process instead of trying to get my satisfaction out of the goal, like, mm-hmm. like in, enjoying, honestly, like, uh like journaling or writing or going to the library and reading, because like, these are things that are in the long run getting me to my goals of like some career that i won't figure out until i'm there but Mm -hmm. you know along the way i think like the only way to combat you know being restless and anxious is to just you know do what you can to enjoy the process you know make it like something that you look forward to every day
0: but like how do you like how do you think you actually get to enjoy the process because for me i feel like reading exercising all these bunch of things like it like sounds like really good in it but Mm. then when i start doing it i just don't enjoy it as much right i feel like i just want to go back to my youtube i just want to go back to my video games right like what kind of got you to the point where you felt like you were almost enjoying it
1: well recently i've noticed that just reminding myself of the value that i'm enforcing with this action Mm -hmm. is a good way to like reset my mind in the moment because like when i'm when i'm running it's been important for me to remind myself of the value that i'm reinforcing and to like like mentally manifest or just picture in my head the the image of myself that i'm working towards by whatever i'm doing like mm-hmm. if i'm if i'm working out and i'm like oh this sucks this really hurts or i'm really tired i'm really thirsty i think you can get around that by imagining yourself looking in a mirror totally ripped and like strong (laughs) and you know all that and yeah i think there's something to be said for that and you know that goes to academics too imagine Mm -hmm. yourself having a very learned intellectual conversation about this topic that you're honestly interested in but you know studying in the moment always sucks but mm-hmm. you know there's a reason why you're studying this thing it's because you're actually interested and you want to be more knowledgeable about it just imagining yourself mm-hmm. having learned all these things can i think help sometimes
0: it makes sense it makes sense because yeah, i don't feel like i've ever really tried looking at or tied tying it back to like a reason of why i'm doing it mm-hmm. i feel like whenever i'm in the moment it's just like ah, i fucking hate this shit i'm just gonna go do something else but i feel like it's yeah. actually a really a really good way to try tying yourself back into you know, keeping on track of what you want to do and getting through like yeah. that tough process.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, at least personally, I started to look at the world a lot differently when I did like a like a dopamine or uh, I don't know that well Yeah, a detox totally. Because my biggest advice was always YouTube because mm-hmm. it's just so satisfying youtube and social media it's just dopamine hit dopamine hit so much better than real life except it's not real (laughs) but like very true giving myself a week of just total detox literally not eating anything except plain white rice you know like not giving my brain anything to you know reward itself for like a week Mm -hmm. and just resetting just it coming back from that you're actually able to derive satisfaction out of like a runner's high which you know on my on on i guess the brain that was in my head before wouldn't get as much out of it because it doesn't amount to the internet which is awesome you know like like we we've gotten really good as a society at pushing our own buttons and yeah it's I think it's up to us to force ourselves to not push it enough to like reconnect with the stuff that we actually want to be doing.
0: How long ago did you do the detox? Like when did you end up doing it?
1: I've like kind of done it a few times. The first time I did it was uh in January. Mm-hmm. Um, like right before the semester started. Mm-hmm. And then I like fell off track a few times and just like recently like um like really just mid to end of april i kind of did it again not even on purpose but just Mm -hmm. like i was so just like just frustrated with everything i Mm -hmm. stopped (laughs) i just didn't get groceries and i all i had was oatmeal in the house and you know I, i was at a point where i was just so frustrated with everything i just couldn't be bothered and then you know, living alone and all that, and mm-hmm. sleeping for like forty-eight hours, it was—it was just like kind of my my body giving itself a detox without even me thinking about it, and then coming mm-hmm. out of it, I, I think I felt a lot more balanced. But I think the more healthy way to do that is to maybe do it with intention or not, like put your body in an extreme situation like that. But it, it ended mm-hmm. up working in retrospect.
0: How? Like, yeah. what do you really mean by like you felt more balanced afterwards? It's like
1: it it's just like being leveled out, I think, and like like a lower sense of anxiety for me because I'm I'm kind of like wound up easily. Mm-hmm. but if if I don't give myself too much to like stimulate or think about or you know, I give myself a lot of downtime to clear my head, that can help. Mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I think feeling leveled out is just like, a lower sense of like worrying about things, feeling mm-hmm. like I can actually like approach new problems without being overloaded by it.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm actually kind of curious. So like what was like so frustrating for you during that time, which kind of caused you to do that, you know, unintentional detox. If, if you want to share part it, of it,
1: Oh yeah, totally. I think a big part of it was just school. Um well partially I I was frustrated with some friends that I had and kind of grew apart from. And Mm -hmm. I was, you know, kind of hard on myself about growing apart from these people because they were like a comfort for me on campus. And it's always hard to meet new people in Mm -hmm. different situations. But, you know, that's a natural process. But it it was like hard on me at the time. Mm -hmm. And that combined with doing not super well in school Mm -hmm. um, was hard because... My, my self-identity is partially being a good student you mm-hmm. know, coming coming into Michigan. I've, like you always hear like, oh, I was top of my class and now I'm just a regular person. But it really hit me this year especially mm-hmm. um, because I was just, you know, taking harder classes, taking more credits than I should have, mm-hmm. and also being remote. It just kind of all hit at the same time and I lost the identity of being a good student because I was actually, for the first time, like below average constantly. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that was like something I had to work through.
0: I don't know, because like, I feel like you were, you are kind of put in a pretty tough situation this semester from like, you know, breaking up with your girlfriend to like living alone, dude, is really, really fucking hard. I'm like surprised you just did not just lose your (laughs) absolute mind.
1: Oh, there's like there were definitely some moments when I thought I was going crazy. But,
0: yeah. Because yeah. like that combined with like living alone, plus of course just growing apart and just not having that much connection because of COVID and all that type of stuff. I just feel like I feel like it's really, really like you're just put in like in a really, really tough situation, right? To where like you know your grades and what you're doing is like almost like a natural like response, right, to the tough situation you were living in. I'm surprised you even got through that like in like one piece in a sense.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm really thankful that my, like, family was there to support me. Like, mm-hmm. I, I spent a lot of time talking through stuff with my dad and my stepmom, who I'm, like, a lot closer with now. I was never really mm-hmm. close with them in high school, but being in college, I get to, I, I've, like, talked through these things with them more, and I, I think that helps a lot.
0: Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, I'm, I'm, like, happy yeah. to hear you have, like, family and everything supporting you. Yeah, it's. good. Are you planning on living alone yeah. next year as well?
1: Um, I... I think May 14th or 15th, I'm moving into a sublet at U Towers and I have one roommate who I don't know mm-hmm. yet. Yeah. So that'll be okay, message. Okay. What about you? Are you in Ann Arbor this summer?
0: Not this summer, but next semester mm. I'm just living with, do uh, you know Ashwin from M Product?
1: I, yeah, I, I think I do kind of.
0: I think I've yeah, definitely
1: been in a meeting with him before.
0: Okay. Okay. But basically I'm just like living with him. And we're just going to oh, grab a place okay. by the IM building. And so that's, of course, going to be next year. I think this summer, majority of the time, I'm just going to be spending, you know, with my parents and just my family as a whole, because I'm like pretty close with my parents and my family in general. And so um, it'll be like really nice being able to just spend another summer with them until, you know, eventually you graduate and you have to like move out and everything like that. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: And then from there you start seeing them like less and less to where it becomes like once or twice a year. I don't know, because like. I know like uh who is it like yash and them are looking for an extra person to live with for next year anyways which could be could be kind of interesting
1: yeah yeah i yash uh has been a a pretty good inspiration for me pretty big inspiration Mm -hmm. he's always like thinking about stuff you know
0: yeah he's the yash is a hustler man he just doesn't stop Yeah.
1: yeah and that wraps up this episode If you'd like to hear more episodes, you can look up Max Effect wherever you get your podcasts. To learn more about us or for further information, feel free to visit our website at mwalts.com. That's mwalts.com because my name is Max
0: Waltz and internet. Cool. See you guys soon.